This is your Week in Gaming, Episode 8, recorded for the 12th of May, 2023, to bring you all the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, I talk microtransactions, Sam burns some Kickstarters, Chris returns from hiatus, and Richard talks about chairs. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of your week in gaming. And as I was saying to the my co-hosts before we went uh, with the recording, sorry that I look like a NFL referee uh, on National Twilight Zone Day, guys. Uh, so, hello, everybody, and Richard has got his voice back, and we've got Chris back. I've got my voice back, but not my patience. <laughs> has Chris burnt all of it already? In like in the space of five minutes of conversation on WhatsApp. <laughs> I mean, you still have the best networking solution ever because of me. So, I mean, I feel we'll call it even. I have no comment. <laughs> We've also got Sam here as well. Yeah, Sam's not touching that conversation with a 10-foot pole. Um, but hey. <laughs> yeah, guys. So, National Twilight Zone Day today. Thank you for pointing that out, Richard. Let's talk about mind-blowing games. What is like the most recent-ish mind-blowing game that you can play? So, uh, mine comes with a little bit of a trigger warning. So um, I just want to put that out there for anyone who needs one. For me, it was Alice the Madness Returns. If you have not played that game, okay, so it, it's already like kind of mind screwy in the art style and stuff. Like you, you've got these like weirdly uh, amalgamated, meshed together, goopy things with baby heads on it, breathing fire on you. It, it's, it's like a twisted, dark Alice in Wonderland. But, and, and this is also a spoiler warning, but it's an old game, so I don't care. Um, so all of this is kind of happening in Alice's mind because she's been in like an insane asylum and this is her mind defending her from something that happened. And the thing that happened was that her therapist in the insane asylum, because she was in the insane asylum because everyone was like, oh, you killed your whole family. No, turned out the therapist killed her family because he'd been raping her little sister and then he set the house on fire. And at the end of the game, like you don't see the coming you get into like the last fight and and this like huge revelation is happening and i'm just like what <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was screwy i didn't think it was that screwy that's uh that's pretty wild actually i mean your, your first mistake was trusting any therapist ever I, mean, <laughs> I don't know why you did that like i mean you you never trust the guy in the tweed jacket you just don't bro who hurt you lots of people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly <laughs> Richard, I don't have anything really that I can think of. I'm actually the same. Like I was, I've been thinking, I'm racking my brain for 30 minutes. Okay, and but I was, I was like, joking, Chris. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> it's not back, like he told us Richard. on WhatsApp what he was going to talk about. <laughs> I have a good up. So, um, there's a game called Soma, S O M A, and it's a, it's one of those sort of what what uh, we colloquially called um walking simulators um but it's a little bit more than that because um there's a lot of uh sneaking and sort of avoiding the dark and the animals and creatures that live in the dark etc it's by the same people that did the amnesia uh series uh, frictional games so they uh, essentially it's it's the story of how you sort of get stranded on an underwater base i'm, I'm trying to sort of step around any sort of spoilers but you effectively have to try and make it to uh, the next sort of uh, section of the base over with uh, and the whole place is deserted and it's busy crumbling down and there's leaks and you know you have to kind of make your way out into the water wearing a suit and 
and your idea is to get to this like spaceship that is going to be launched into into orbit that has everything that that everybody is there needs to live for the rest of their lives because earth is dead and whatever else a little bit of puzzle solving but i mean it's 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 biggest sort of draw is it's a lot like firewatch in a way where like you communicating with somebody over radio the whole time Mm -hmm. and they're kind of giving and telling you what to do and then eventually you get to this next area and like this twist in the story is revealed and literally your mind leaves your body like it's a it's one of those things where you just i mean maybe some people are more intelligent than i am and saw it coming but i definitely didn't um so if you haven't played it soma is a is even if you just watch a playthrough of somebody else playing it that's also like pretty much good enough but it's a it's a crazy story i actually went to go have a look at my steam library i've actually owned soma but apparently i've never downloaded or installed it or anything so so then now's a good time you know what? I will download it afterwards Go and, and I'll play it this the weekend. Underwater research facility known as Pathos 2. Sounds fantastic. Definitely do it this weekend. Gaming news now, and Game Rant has reported that Starfield is rumored to give have... Chris a chance. Please, please oh. don't ask me. He's just like, <laughs> I only haven't come back this week. Apparently, um... we don't care about your opinion. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, this is actually all pre recorded by me. I'm not here right now. So, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, you can find me at Penguin Today. Okay, for anyone who hasn't caught up yet on now our eighth episode, Andrew's an asshole. <laughs> I'm so sorry. He's the Chris. host who forgets his co-hosts. Bruh. He's literal one no, job. No, 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 no. We're the guests, okay? <laughs> I think we got past that in like episode two, all right? <laughs> you guys are comfortable. Clearly co-hosts. Samantha didn't. <laughs> <laughs> She's still, she's still holding that grudge seven episodes later. She's actually going to turn it into a bobblehead and put it onto a player behind her. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Okay. Um, I legitimately do not um, actually have any games that were mind-bending in like a twist way. Um, I don't know what it is, but I guess like I'm always looking and expecting the twist. I'm always sort of like disappointed when there isn't one um and when there is one i'm also disappointed so yes actually i'm just always disappointed i'm just realizing that right now um but i will I, so i thought about this for a while and i was like i'd like to talk about a twist that was so horrible that i was like it, it surprised me and that was the end of mass effect and i know like we all know this we all there's no spoilers but like i still mm-hmm. can't get over the game with so many narrative choices that presented such you know, a, a great universe, epic storytelling, so many choices over multiple games that, you know, interact and, you know, knock on to, like, give you this final, you know, ultimate, you know, your story ending um, ultimately ended in Choose a Color. And, like, I, I know we, we've been laughing about this for years, but for me, that, that stands out as the most mind-bending game I've ever played. What stands out to me is the guy that hates therapists is apparently perpetually disappointed. Coincidence? Well, disappointing I think not. I met him, so, it's not... <laughs> so perpetually disappointed and perpetually a disappointment. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I think you just encapsulated the meaning of life. <laughs> Maybe your life, not mine. <laughs> okay, so take two. Gaming news now, and Gamerant has reported that Starfield is rumored to have in-game purchases, according to the official ESRB rating for the upcoming sci-fi RPG by Bethesda. Now, it isn't confirmed yet if it is with your hard-earned freedom bucks or in-game currency, but I think you can 
probably bet your bottom dollar that it's going to be for the, the paper green. And now, uh, to give Bethesda some redemption, it could mean DLC, um, as ESRB has rated DLCs as in-game purchases. But personally, I feel like I'm just a realist, and I've just got that feeling it's going to be uh, IRL currency. Are we surprised at this point? Where do we draw the line at uh, in-game purchases? I mean, the game's going to be free on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, don't care. <laughs> That's it. Because, I mean, everybody's going to play it on Xbox Game Pass, so it's another way to monetize it. Have they released the cash price for it if you're not going to use it on Xbox? I will say that when it comes to in-game purchases, I honestly don't care if it's cosmetic, because cosmetic you can take or leave. The moment it becomes pay to win, that's when I have an issue. $70 cash price. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the... The big thing now, like all the games are coming out at $70 flat, not all, but... Which is no problem. But then if you want me to spend more money on things to help advance the story or whatever, very much against that. Cosmetic, I couldn't really care. But again, it's $70 $70 for the game if you're going to be purchasing it or just get Xbox Game Pass, as we've been saying for like the last three, four episodes, and just play it for that. And then, you know, it's up to you if you want to spend money or not. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll make a bold prediction right now. Mm-hmm. If there are in-game purchases that are in any way forward the story or anything non-DLC, it's not going to win Game of the Year. Hundred percent won't because people hate that, right? So I don't know why they would do it. But um, if it doesn't and it's cosmetic, they'll probably win Game of the Year. Is this um, not going to be their mod store? You know, like when they when they updated Skyrim and Oblivion's mod store. Yeah, it, that's fine. It gave it gave people the option to sell uh, their mods without just giving them away. Like you could put your mod up on the yeah. mod hub the, or whatever and the, it was like a couple of dollars. Is that not maybe just what this is? The the article did mention that as well. So it could it could potentially be that, but there's still a lot of details that need to be released. Yeah. Well, just still needs to come out for this game, which is scheduled to come out in Q3 this year. So mm-hmm. it's like, uh, who knows? And knowing how game releases normally happen, this could be... Q4 or probably Q1 next year. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, if we if we take the Q of the Fallout 76 economy, that was you could buy atoms, and atoms could be used to buy uh, a lot of cosmetic stuff for your base that you could build, but it could also be used to buy in-game armor repair shards and even servers, right? Um, uh, yeah, and you could you could buy your personal service, and nobody else could play with you, or you could only invite people, or whatever. But it, but the game was perfectly playable without spending a cent. Yeah. Um, I think they called it the Atomic Club or whatever. And you Atomic or Atom One, Atomic One or some Atomic. Was it Atomic or Passes? I remember that. Yeah. So, you know, so if we if we take the cue on that, it's it's reasonable to say Starfield as an open world game might get the same sort of treatment. Atom One, where you can buy yourself a private server, which is totally reasonable. That's a server rental, or you can play with the, with the Great Unwashed in the main uh, the main servers, or it could just be. A little bit of a boost so you don't have to clear every drawer of junk as you play through the game. You can just pay a few dollars to avoid that. And 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 in the way that Fallout 76 did it, I'm not a fan of microtransactions, as you know, if you've listened to anything I've ever said. But the way that Fallout 76 did it was reasonable enough that it wasn't making the game take hours longer because you, ha- because you weren't willing to pay a few dollars. It just saved you from having to like carry around a bag full of trash to to yeah. uh to craft into uh armor repair kits and whatever else so it was it was a pretty fair way in terms of 
um, in terms of microtransactions are doing it. So if Bethesda carries on with that, I, I don't see a massive problem with it. But uh, it's not my favorite thing either way. If Todd Howard has anything to go on, um, or at least his CV, uh, there will be tons of opportunity for extra content in any game that he puts his name on. So definitely think Richard is right. Well, and the Fallout 4 DLCs were better than the main game. So, yeah, yeah for Far Harbor and, and the, what is it, Nuka World, they were flipping good. Yeah. I will say that on the topic of potential game of the year for this, I feel like that has increased substantially now with the ESRB that have released the fact that you can apparently start a drug lab and also <laughs> have sex on jetpacks. Bow, chicka, bow, bow. Yeah. Um, Breaking Bad Starfield Edition. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it says that it's going to be more of like a tasteful kind of fade to black type effect. But then when it comes back from fade to black, you know, fade back into IRL or whatever. Uh, some fade of in. the fade in. There you go. Some of the um, post fade to black lines uh, have been very revealing, which one of them was like, oh, I'm all for a good time. But next time, let's try it without the jetpacks. Wink, wink. <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's gonna be maybe an interesting we'll, game. Maybe we'll be we'll have to pay to see you know see the whole all the action. <laughs> they could just do it like The Sims, right? Like you don't have to fade to black; just make everything pixelated. <laughs> you can pay to remove that too. Todd Howard's got so many ways to monetize these games. The man's a genius. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, moving swiftly along, Kickstarters. That is that is my jam. So that's where I live. And uh, this week. We have a crew who have continued to be scummy. Scummy as can be. So anybody that knows about the Darkest Dungeon Kickstarter that happened a, a little while back, a board game, came with like a billion minis. It was really, really expensive, really good quality. Like I have a friend who backed it and received it, and it's like really, really good. But they came out sometime end of last year, I think it was, and they were like, oh no, COVID, and no, it, it had to have been early this year because they also mentioned the Ukraine war. And they were like, oh no, COVID pushed prices up, and oh no, Russia invading Ukraine has pushed prices up. All backers now need to pay more money so that we can send you your game. And if you don't pay more money, you don't get your game. And uh, this is now obviously after the backing had finalized. They had like cut it all off and they were doing all the, the whole finalization process. Anyway, one big mistake you know, a lot of other, I say a lot, there were like a handful of other Kickstarters that had similar problems. They went about it in better ways. They said to people, if you would like to help out by, you know, putting in a bit more cash, we will then give you a voucher that you can use on like future stuff, right? For the same amount. Cool. That These guys didn't do anything like that. Um, they were being really, really, really scummy about it and basically saying, we're going to hold your game hostage if you don't pay in extra money. Now they've done it again. They've done it again. Mythic Games brought out in 2021 a Rainbow Six board game Kickstarter. And for the second time, oh no, e COVID, oh no, e Ukraine war, we don't have enough money, please. Now backers have to pay more money. And it's like, it's not like like little bits of money. It's ridiculous amounts of money that you have to pay in. Like the, the biggest option that you could go with was $270. If you backed that paid pledge level, you are now expected to pay an extra $130 to make up for, for this like issue that they're having. And again, like they're not offering you any incentive other than you'll get your game. Like, it's just, it is unreal how disorganized. And when I say like I have backed 
two or three, three, three different Kickstarters over that period. One was a board game. Uh, two of them were like D&D things that include like miniatures and maps and books and the whole shebang. None of those expected me to pay in. And some of them are really small, like like completely unknown, like not Mythic Games levels, right? And they didn't expect this kind of nonsense. So Mythic Games cannot plan. And if this Kickstarter finally finishes, I would not be surprised if I see them go bankrupt. And honestly, I wouldn't be too upset. Yeah, that's... That's very scummy to say, like, I think I did read, though, that they did say, you know, that the one possible redeeming thing is that, look, if you don't want to back, it's fine. And uh, they are prepared to issue refunds to those that have backed and are like, no. But yeah, who knows when you'll get your money for that. On the previous I, one. I read it differently, that they were only going to refund everybody if everybody didn't cough up or they didn't re reach some goal with the, with the pay-ups. Then they were going to just cancel the whole thing and refund. <laughs> so it. for and the Darkest kind of Dungeon one, they actually, they put a hold on all refunds because so many people were rushing to refund because they didn't want to pay in the extra. They put a stop on it. Are they, are they called Mythic Games? Because you have about as much chance of getting the game from them as you do finding a mythic Pokemon in Pokemon Go? Could be. Probably. It's, wow. It's just, look, I understand that there have been, you know, circumstances, but there are means and ways to go about asking the people that have already backed your game to back you more in order to achieve that because of these, un, you know, unexpected expenses that have come about from real life things. So yeah. it's just... Not the greatest, but... Stretch goals, basically. Yeah, do it like that. Say, well, look, if you're going to back us, here's credit for our store, whatever the case is, you know. Just find a way to go around it instead of saying money or else kind of thing. Third quarter, Activision is reporting higher income for PC games than from console gamers. According to the latest financial report from Activision, as reported on PC Gamer, the PC income of the company outperformed consoles by 27 million US dollars. More specifically, Activision made 666 million on PC versus 639 on consoles uh, for the first quarter of 2023. This is big news, particularly considering we have a huge game release on the horizon in the form of Diablo 4 for, P for, for Blizzard and PC. So this trend is not likely going to change. It's particularly interesting considering all Blizzard games combined only bring in about half as much as Call of Duty for Activision. So it it basically proves that there is still money to be made in PC gaming. PC Master Race, that is all. And and it's not small money either. I mean, that's that's quite a bit of uh, cash money. And considering that, you know, Activision with a Call of Duty thing, it's normally Call of Duty 2, Call of Duty 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, then the remake of all of those and it's you know, it's 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 clearly a formula that works, but PC Master Race, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't judge because there's, there's gaming. But I mean, speaking about Diablo, it is the service slam this weekend as well. So if anything, that's going to be more promotion and everything. I think for, for, for Blizzard, and they're probably going to generate more sales for the Active Blizzard group. I actually I thought this, a, um... this, this message was a, a note on. Uh, I thought it was actually Diablo marketing because he said six hundred and sixty-six million, right? For Activision. Six six six. Hey. <laughs> How much is a WoW subscription in euros? Uh, twelve euros a month or something like that. Ten euros a month. So yeah, I think it's a little. Yeah, it's a little bit less if obviously if you pay for the the annual renewal. But yeah, it's somewhere yeah, around sure. there. So it's about twelve two euros. Two and a half million subscribers at the moment. So that accounts for almost fifty million of the six hundred and sixty-six. It's it's. Yeah, that game is just forever profitable, no matter how long it goes on. It's incredible. So, I mean, it's it's good. It means that there's there's an, like these sort of results lead not only to Activision but to other companies taking the PC more seriously. So, when it comes to things like ports and that sort of stuff, they go, "Hang on a second, maybe we should put like 
20 minutes into this port instead of five, you know, and then we end up with a better quality stuff than, than the last of us. So these sort of, these sort of observations and these sort of reports where they come and they say, Hey, get, look here, like your PC is making more money than, than consoles. And in, in Activision, we talk about Call of Duty. The first thing comes to mind are kids on PlayStations, right? But that, oh, but Xbox, the PC but, is, yeah. Out, yeah, but the PC is outperforming that. And that's, that's big. That's way bigger than you might think. If a, if a company like Activision with property like um, Call of Duty can still make the PC more profitable, and this is the third quarter in a row, so since the middle of last year, it's been outperforming outperforming console, and uh, and the, and they've got Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two that's been released in that time, and it's still not, and that's that's a big driver for console, and it's not happening. So sure, Blizzard is a very PC focused uh, company. But they are releasing Diablo 4 for consoles like they did with Diablo 3. Mm-hmm. So they're still they're playing in that console game once console arena. So it, it's it's a bigger deal than it might seem on the, on the surface. Uh, how much do you think it's got to do with, um, obviously, way more people getting computers during that COVID period, right? Because we saw a massive uptick in all component sales, full computer sales in that period. More families could justify getting it because of, you know, Zoom, whatever. It was a multifunctional device for the first time. And gaming is obviously, you know, easy to put on it. Xbox Games Pass, you know, all of that sort of deal. Um you know, is it a result of that? Yeah, I think it's a combination of that, and also integrated Intel graphics are getting better, right? So you can play WoW on a, on a cheap laptop now, or you can play Diablo three on a cheap laptop because those games are perfectly playable on Intel integrated mm-hmm. graphics. So, so that's and things like Fortnite that can be played on literally a potato. You can put two electrodes into a potato and it will play Fortnite. And, <laughs> and, like, and those sort of things are, are are big for PC gaming because they're more accessible. So even the family or the or the or the kids' laptop that they have for school. I mean, uh, my 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 laptop can play Farming Simulator at 1080p like on on high graphics. You know, like and it's the cheapest MacBook that that they make. So the, the it, you know these integrated display cards are worth. I have much more processing power than they used to in the past, and you don't need powerful graphics like you used to to be to have these games be accessible to you. Just to provide some balance to Richard's yeah. dark side Sith, uh, AMD also have great integrated graphics on the 5600 and 5700 G series CPUs. <laughs> have to throw that in there, huh? You you don't rely on Mac. Mac is great. Nothing if not being fair, Rich, uh, Richard and, and Penguin. You know, nothing if not being fair. It's very important for our audience. <laughs> Okay, dude. Well, back in the realm of uh, the up-and-coming things, uh, I played a demo fairly recently, a couple months ago. It was pretty good. Uh, It's called Whispers in the West. It's a point-and-click Western murdery mystery... Murdery? Murder mystery game. You can play up to four players, and there are four different characters that you can play as. And each one comes with its own skills. Like I think the the chick's Jezebel, and she's got like a lockpicking set, and there's somebody else who's like a sheriff or whatever, and then he's got his thing. So they each come with their like thing that you can use to help you with the game. You talk to the townsfolk... You follow clues. You like ask them questions like, oh, somebody's died. Who was it? You know, like you might not know. And then it'll be like, oh, well, this person's been missing for a week. Oh, cool. It's probably that person. Uh, do they have family? Oh, cool. And then you go and you find their family and it's like, oh, what was your relationship like with this person? So uh, you get to like ask all of these questions and, and follow all of the clues and stuff. You find the murder weapon, wherever that might be, and try and figure out where it came from. And uh, you figure out who the murderer is. And currently the demo is available. Uh, It's only got about an hour of play. It's just got one mystery that you solve at the moment, but it's pretty cool. Uh, It's pretty entertaining. Uh, There's also a time limit on each day that you have in the game. It's about 20 minutes per in-game day, and you get like two or three days to solve the mystery. And then if you don't, obviously you lose. (laughs) 
So, um, yeah, if you're interested in murder mysteries and what, 2023. I, I enjoy, you know, like mystery you know, solve the puzzle kind of things. This just sounds like CSI Wild Wild West edition. <laughs> kind of. Um, at, you know, these kind of things, especially when, you know, you have look at your Steam library and you're like, there's all these games. I don't really want to play any of them. This game seems like it's going to be one of those perfect things to fill you finding what to play next and everything. I've gone on to Steam to go and grab it. It looks pretty cool. I'll definitely give it a try. I mean, to be fair, your comment about Steam is quite tasteless considering you have Soma in there that you've never played. Bite me. I have very few games that I've never played, mostly because I don't get a game if I don't plan to play it. That's just dumb. Who does that? Uh, <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, to be fair, a lot of my library has been made up from the old uh, Humble Bundle games where it was like here we go here's 10 games for or like 20 games for 12 dollars and i had that for like months on end so it was just a case of i was grabbing game after game after game after game and i'm almost certain that soma was one of those that was part of that collection so perfectly understandable why it's sitting in my uninstalled or to be played section which is about 280 games as well Oh. Or you're just incredibly wasteful. To be fair, yeah. I download a lot of free games off of Prime just in case I want to play it one day. It's different <laughs> if it's free stuff. Okay, it's not about stuff that like like I don't pay for things that I don't plan to to play. But if it's free and it looks interesting and I might play it someday. Yeah, that's a good point because uh, I open Epic every Thursday just to get my free <laughs> games. I have never installed a game on Epic, and nor do I probably plan to. But I'm, I open it every Thursday to get the games. I've got a, a self-hosted Docker container that literally does that for me every Thursday. It just adds, <laughs> it just adds the game to, to my to my Epic account. I Tell me your third even... world without telling me your third world. <laughs> <laughs> just collect them, like game hoarders, pretty much. We just sure it's free stuff. We'll throw it into our library of never-ending things that we'll probably never open. Epic doesn't or... even work on Mac, so I don't even know. What I'm doing. <laughs> You can sell that account one day for approximately 99 cents. Yeah. <laughs> You'll also, be 99 cents news, richer. Uh, finger limes are on special at Checkers this week. 49 rand for hey. 20 grams. <laughs> oh, I am actually going to go past there this weekend to go and get some finger limes. Now that I mean, you mentioned it, thank you. I didn't want to. I didn't want to buy Prime, but I'm going to go get those finger limes. <laughs> of course, you are. So I don't really plan to come in here and be super depressing about the tech space. You know, it's not my intention to be pessimistic. Yeah. Um, you are. That's a lie. <laughs> but, but there is some more dire news um, out of my beloved tech industry. Uh, Intel has just confirmed they're on a massive cost-cutting exercise um, with some players suggesting Intel are actually trying to reduce costs by uh, approximately 10% in uh, many parts of the business. Um, this subsequently means even more layoffs at Intel. If you haven't been watching the news um, or don't care about your favorite tech manufacturers, uh, 2023 has been particularly horrid for all of them. Many um, in tech overall actually dropping jobs uh, very, very quickly. Um, so this news actually breaks just moments after Intel announced a 2.8 billion US dollar net loss for uh, last quarter. Intel provided a quote to Tom's hardware that reads, Intel is working to accelerate its strategy while navigating a challenging macroeconomic environment. We are focused on identifying cost reductions and efficiency gains through multiple initiatives, including some business and function-specific workforce reductions in areas across the company. Basically, um, Intel is in trouble. It's officially the worst year for, for tech, and Intel remains committed, apparently, to US-based manufacturing, which is probably a higher cost, too. How are you all feeling about um, yeah, components, gaming, 
tech uh, is it time to also switch the console Richard just gave us a reason not to but I don't know if we'll get a chip soon you know what I like competition you know what Intel suddenly has competition, competition. yeah mm. SCOM could use some of that they got AMD <laughs> is massively on the rise right I think they're up like mm. 6% in PC overall PC uh the desktop share and probably more in notebook share. Uh, Apple has taken their own silicon instead of using Intel since 2020. All the ARM-based stuff is making massive inroads. All the Chromebooks that are using ARM, all the server stuff that's using ARM, even Raspberry Pis and IoT things, all of those processes that Intel were just basically guaranteed of, they now have massive amounts of competition. And let's, let's not like doom and gloom it too much because I just Googled it now. Intel's profit... Uh, for 2022 was still sorry net revenue 63 billion US dollars which is a drop of about 15 billion since the year before so it is a big drop but and and like you said they're they're aiming to move their their fabs and whatever to America so maybe it's a growth phase I wouldn't say that it's too too much doom and gloom and also this is what happens in tech it goes around in these big swings you know like when you Disney Plus announced this this week that they were going to get rid of a massive amount of people that were sort of instrumental in making Disney Plus streaming services a thing. First of all, Disney Plus streaming services is trash because it's always buffering. But second of mm-hmm. all, so so they they laying off a bunch of staff and that what are the like you you hire on a bunch of people to create a service. The create service is now created. What do you do with them? Just let them sit around? Like you're going to get rid of them. It's the way that the tech industry's always worked. You go big project, hire a bunch of people, project finishes. And they get laid off and they find another big project. It's the, the, the American tech startup industry is a wacky place. It's a wacky, unpredictable place full of job cuts and hires and mad contracts and very strange things that most of us probably don't even understand. It's not like a permanent job where you go there and you work there for 45 years, get three watches and retire. It's like it's a much it's a much different landscape. Intel generally should be uh, more resilient to it than most so this is a big deal that it's up 10 percent of their workforce or whatever they're going to cut but it's not a doomy thing it's not the end of intel let's be sure Isn't the last time they had huge layoffs like like 2009 after the 2008 crash like i mean that's how stable isn't that how stable intel is i always thought they were very stable in terms of workforce and and all that um, chances are that during that time they've been hiring and everything to you know even during COVID times where like tech you know really did explode and everything as as uh richard you know mentioned now there's not many big projects coming out and i mean also they need to do shareholders 2.8 billion dollar loss isn't going to look good and they're probably carrying a whole bunch of extra overheads that if they have a look at it they probably don't need but as Richard said, like the people will find more jobs. You know, the tech industry isn't going anywhere. It's not doom and gloom. And within a two years or something, we might just end up having Intel top as like, hey, we've we've got record breaking profits again. So it's 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 just a cycle. So far this year, Amazon, Coinbase. Uh, I'm just picking the companies that I've heard of: Directv, Smart News, uh, Microsoft, Sophos, uh, Alphabet, which is Google, PayPal, Groupon, uh, Pinterest. Dell, Zoom, GitLab, Yahoo, GitHub, Twilio, uh, I can go on. These are all companies that have had layoffs this year. Like the tech, Twitter, uh, well, Twitter's a bit of an outlier because of, you know, old Elon, Atlassian, <laughs> uh, Meta, which is Facebook, Microsoft again, uh, LinkedIn Learning, which is also Microsoft, uh, like mm-hmm. Disney, uh, I can go on more, Netflix, Apple, they, yep. this yeah. is the tech industry. Des- it's just a constant layoff of massive percentages of their workforce and they'll hire them back 
when they have a reason to. They don't keep employees like corporates do for some reason. Tech is a very fluid environment and it's and it's just how it is, it's how it's always been. Dropbox. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. yeah, it's just it's just how it is. And and it, it it's it's bad and it sucks that they're going through it. And I feel very bad for the people who have their lives affected by this because people move to cities who get these jobs and it's it's not great for anybody. And I would hate for it to happen to me. But the tech landscape in America is a crazy place. It really is a crazy place. Last point for me and just looking at it, uh, just checking out Intel's own own history on their site. And um, yeah, it looks like, you know, two two years after their last, you know, great laying off of people, they had some of their most record years you know in in ages so i think you know you're right richard that you know it is part of the tech you know movement intel has just seemed more stable but it'll probably breed innovation right as well smaller companies you have to you know new processes new ways to engage can't rely on the old systems it's probably good overall yeah and it's those people that are working on those projects that are going to take the knowledge that they've gained again knowledge that they've gleaned and go and find angel investors and there'll be a round of a whole bunch of new startups that are going to do crazy things so it's, it's it's the way of the tech industry it's way more fluid and, and companies are way more uh willing to cut losses and pay payoffs and and contracts out and, and yeah. they are in other industries it's just the way it's always been it's strange but it's just the way it's always been so this is news but not really news well, it is, it's news because it's 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 the the fact that Intel has taken a two point billion dollar net loss is very unusual. So that in for for that respect, it's news. But the layoffs are not something that I would say are like the beginning of the end for Intel. It's 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 a it's part of the cycle of how these companies operate. I'd say it's probably more of an indicator that the amount of competition and the amount of uh, you know, the way that the industry is going and those waves that we spoke about when it comes to procurement and that are happening. And this week in news that nobody cares about, we finally have definitive proof that a gaming chair for your setup actually matters. Tom Hardware, Tom's Hardware reports this week that a user of a very specific chair from IKEA, the Swedish uh, furniture manufacturer, finally got to the bottom of a problem that has been plaguing him for weeks when he discovered that his chair was causing a computer monitor to randomly turn itself off. That actual cause was electrostatic just charged uh, caused by the gas lift or the wheels wheeling on the carpet they're not entirely sure why but incredibly he didn't just go out and buy a new chair he modded the chair to make sure it didn't happen again by putting a sheet of copper foil underneath his and uh, that sort of discharged all the electrostatic energy that was being created and uh, his chair now (laughs) holds his posterior and his monitor stays on This is talk about finding an innovative way to figure out why your monitor is just randomly turning off. Like, what did you have to go through to eventually figure out, aha, it is my chair that's doing it? It's kind of like when you have a PC and it's not working and you have to like replace all of the parts with other parts to see which part is the one that's causing the problem. (laughs) It's a similar thing. Like, all right, I'm going to take all the books off the shelf. I'm going to change my desk. I'm going to change the plug. Uh, I guess it's my chair. <laughs> how, how do you like? It's got to be like you move your chair out the way to try and figure it out, and then it stops happening. But apparently, it only happened a couple of times a week, so it wasn't even something you could easily troubleshoot. So I don't know how they managed to figure it out. But anyway, I think the bottom line is, if he had a gaming branded gaming chair, he would not have this problem. So it's it's uh it's an indication that you should probably spend money on a gaming chair. I have a yeah. secret lab chair, no problems. Or a Vertigear PL6000. Great chair. <laughs> if either of those chair companies want to sponsor us, we won't say no. 
I would. I've already got one. You can have more than one. What's your problem? Yeah. I need another free chair to give to my mom, and I need another free chair to give to my player too. Like, come on. More chairs, Richard. Yeah. Imagine, yeah. imagine changing your dining room table with yes. just gaming chairs. <laughs> so um, at our office in Johannesburg, yeah, the entire uh, company decided to get gaming chairs. It was brilliant. Uh, nice. You go in there and it feels very, you know, gaming. Seeing so many gaming chairs arrayed, uh, you know, in front of you. It's uh, very intimidating. It's good. Gaming chairs all the way. This yeah, is why Richard... <laughs> And also why Chris just doesn't do work at uh, at work. He just asks because he's intimidated by the chairs. <laughs> so he's just standing there like dead still, didn't want to move in case the chairs attack. Because <laughs> that's what it sounded like to me. <laughs> Honestly, people with like standing desks. No, 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 no. Get out. Gaming chairs. Never that's... trust someone with a standing desk. Honestly. Yeah, that's I mean, that's psychopaths. One rule. There's a step. There's a step more than this. You can get specialized Jet standing bags. desks. No, no, <laughs> standing desks for your treadmill. No, see those and like why? <laughs> I'm at my computer to play games, not run as my character runs. You know. I mean, to be fair, th- there's a chick that played, you know, Elden Ring on a on a dance mat. So I yeah. suppose you could play on a treadmill if you really wanted to. I don't want to. So. <laughs> Perfectly sounds <laughs> reasoning as well. And that's so, yeah. why we all need to buy two plane tickets whenever we go anywhere. <laughs> fly fly a, a Sapphire that you book out the middle seat as well for a very uh, economical amount. So you just you don't even have to do that. You, just, you don't have to buy tickets. You just book out the middle seat. It's brilliant. <laughs> At a fair, fair price of a few freedom bucks. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that about rounds up our news in gaming this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode eight of your week in gaming. I actually remember the episode this time, not like last week, and just brain just uh, uh, completely just fried. Uh, shout out again to Esports Central. Uh, thank you so much for allowing us to tell everybody about chairs and how gaming chairs are far superior. You can find us on Twitter at YWIG Podcast and by email at your gaming podcast at gmail.com. I am Andrew and you can find me on Twitter at my name is Pengu. Uh, I'm Sam. You can find me playing far too much Dungeons and Dragons, but if you want to find me on Twitter, it's Nari Mizuki. I'm Richard. At Finger Limes. No, at uh, Frog Boots. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Chris. You can find me on Twitter at Fly SA Fair. Uh, hashtag for the love of flying. <laughs> They're going to give you your ticket. Did you get a nine round ticket or something, Chris? Is this why you. <laughs> <laughs> Those things I are such a scam. I shout out companies I believe in, Richard. Fantastic. <laughs> Lo- lo- just so you know, last week you were shouting out Razor wearables. Uh, two, weeks ago, two weeks ago, and I have since bought Razor sunglasses. They're oh, on that route like a from lie. Alibaba Express. There you go. Knockoffs, Those aren't Razor sunglasses. So. It's either a knockoff or it fell yeah. off the truck. Those are Rosa sunglasses. <laughs> it's Razor with an E. Yeah. Razor. <laughs> Razor. Our next episode will be out on Friday, 19th of May, 2023 at 7am GMT plus 2. And across all major podcast platforms, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye.